Rising Strong by Brené Brown. One sentence summary. Rising Strong describes a three-phase process of bouncing back from failure, which you can implement both in your own life and as a team or company. In order to embrace setbacks as part of life, deal with your emotions, confront your own ideas and rise stronger every time. My favorite quote from the author is, People who wade into discomfort and vulnerability and tell the truth about their stories are the real badasses. Brene Brown Brene Brown doesn't always pick up a pen, but when she does, she writes a bestseller. Seriously. This is her third and latest number one New York Times bestseller, all of which deal with vulnerability, worthiness, fear, bravery and other emotions which can hold us back or propel us forward in life. Rising Strong is about recovering from failure in order to not be held back by your past mistakes from trying again. In Daring Greatly, Brene made a case for being vulnerable, but it takes courage to do so and it entails risk. This book is about learning how to not shy away from that risk, stepping up and saying, yes, let me try that again, even after you failed before. The process of Rising Strong is divided into three distinct phases, which, once you know the underlying principles of, you can recognize and move through again and again to get stronger with each of your failures. Here are the three phases in more detail. 1. Reckon with your emotions by noticing and investigating them. 2. Rumble with the stories you tell yourself to uncover false beliefs. 3. Revolutionize your attitude with the results, like Brene changed hers about generosity. Do you want to recover from rough patches faster? Then let's learn how to rise stronger together. Rising Strong Lesson 1 Reckoning is when you pay attention to your emotions and dare to ask questions about them. This answers the question, how can I become more self-aware about my feelings? Do you know someone who seems to take setbacks like they're no big deal? Someone who can pick themselves up dust themselves off and just soldier on, despite the odds being overwhelmingly against them? I know someone like that. Me. I've always had an unwavering sense of optimism, which my parents instilled in me, but only in the past two years has it become really productive, in the sense that I rarely fret about what went wrong and instead focus my energy on fixing it. Therefore, I can vouch for the two steps Brene describes as the parts of reckoning with your emotions. Step 1. Recognize your emotions by giving yourself permission to feel. And step 2. Ask yourself why you're feeling these emotions, be curious and investigate. The reason this works is that by being curious, you're automatically coming up with creative solutions. For example, this morning a plumber came by our new flat to fix the water in the kitchen sink, bathroom sink and toilet. He arrived at 8.30am and worked until 2pm. I had to be there the whole time and since there is no Wi-Fi yet, I got frustrated that things took so long. After recognizing this and asking myself why, I noticed that it was because I felt he was keeping me from working, but immediately realized he's helping me and that the more things he can fix right now, the less appointments I need to make in total. My frustration went away instantly and I could relax, let him do his work and thank him for his help when he left me. But in order to ask these questions, you first have to know what you're feeling, and that requires a lot of work and paying attention. Rising Strong Lesson 2 Rumbling is what happens when you write down the story you tell yourself, real or not. 
This answers the question, how can you second guess your feelings and emotions to start worrying less? Trying to predict the future based on what's happened in the past is one way that the narrative fallacy makes us jump to the wrong conclusions. But this doesn't just happen with logical facts and events, it also happens with our feelings. We make up stories to cope with our emotions, but sometimes these stories turn into traps we can't seem to escape from. For example, if your partner leaves you for someone else, you'll start asking yourself what you did wrong and might eventually come to the conclusion that you didn't deserve them, because they were too good for you. This will help you deal with a breakup, but it will also trap you inside the belief that you're undeserving of love in general. But it's just a story you tell yourself, nothing more. Rumbling is about keeping these stories in check. It's like a bullshit detector for your own thoughts. Brene likes to rumble by writing down the story she tells herself about a given situation, which she calls her shitty first draft. It is a simple fill-in-the-blanks template. The story I'm making up is... My emotions tell me... My body feels... My thinking seems... My actions are... Dot, dot, dot. You get the point. The next time you feel bad, fill in these blanks and write down your shitty first draft. You'll instantly get some distance, be able to objectively judge your story, and be less likely to fall into the trap of your own narrative. Rising Strong, Lesson 3. When you channel your insights from rumbling into positive changes, a revolution follows. This answers the question, how can I make positive change from the assessments I make about my own emotions. Here's how reckoning and rumbling can come together to spark a revolution. At a fundraiser for the homeless, Brene's pastor said, when you look away from a homeless person, you diminish their humanity. Hearing this made her really uncomfortable, so she reckoned with her feelings and discovered that she couldn't look at homeless people herself, because from her privileged point of view, begging seemed like a weak thing to do. Her shitty first draft said, that she didn't help others enough, that she's ashamed of how much she has compared to how much she does, and that she must do more. She revolutionized her attitude towards other people and even learned that asking for help is a key part of rising strong instead of a sign of weakness. That's a true revolution and that's what happens when you reckon and rumble with your feelings and thoughts. My personal takeaways from Rising Strong for 2017. I have to admit the thing I like most by Brene Brown is I think it's Daring Greatly, which is about yeah, Daring Greatly, which is about being vulnerable. Her TED Talk that sparked I don't know if the TED Talk sparked the book or the other way around, but anyway, the talk she gave about vulnerability, that one really got to me. Um got me to i wrote on the blog once about that specifically when that happened um i'm trying to write more vulnerably in general and that's both in terms of me being more direct and honest and upfront and straight up with people and sometimes like calling people out on stuff which i don't think is right as it is as much as it is me trying to show weakness more and trying to show when i'm when i doing stuff I know is not right or is not perfect or when I'm having a tough time 
or when I'm feeling vulnerable about something. So trying to, in both directions, like strength and weakness, share that more openly. Um, I really love that one about vulnerability. This rising strong process, I don't know if it's because I read only the blinks or it makes sense to me. Um, I just haven't gotten like the full like the full thing behind it. So I think it's just that maybe in this case, the packaging of the tool is not as attractive to me as it might be to you. Um, because it's just a process for like self-awareness and making better decisions, which is what most or like 90%, 90% of self-help stuff tries to essentially do that, right? Like give you better attitudes, uh, mental perspectives and so on. So you can take the better actions. And this, her, her approach is, well, notice feelings, reckon with them, uh, then rumble with, with these stories you tell yourself and these emotions, where do they come from? Like, are they really grounded? And then watch the bad ones fall apart and double down on the good ones and revolutionize your attitude that way. It's, it's very simple. Um, that said, this self-awareness component is obviously huge because if you don't notice you're angry while you're angry this the whole thing won't work right so i've written something on my blog recently about self-awareness uh because i'm not a big meditator i've tried it and i do it here and there but i'm not super i'm not huge on it um and i know that on the other hand self-awareness sorry meditation is the most common most commonly recommended tool to develop self-awareness i know that that's true um i try to list other ways to become self-aware because i think i'm very self-aware i just i'm not a big meditator so there are ways to get there without meditating right or not only through meditating so i listed some uh i want to read some of the list for you just so to give you some ideas you can of course read the article it's long and it has uh, proper explanations and everything but i would like to give you some regardless so i think there's easy ones that are just thinking you can do them by yourself taking a walk taking a walk with a friend and having them give you feedback reading asking why repeatedly about things why 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 labeling your thoughts and emotions of course meditation is one solo exercise and sports leaning out of your stream of consciousness like you have your thoughts and you try to lean back and just watch your thoughts go by which is similar to meditation um conscious breathing uh adding a question mark at the end of your thoughts so these are ones that are only in your head right you can do them by yourself then there's the more active ones where you actually do an activity you write something down like taking quizzes and personality tests keeping a journal um writing a regret letter where you write like i regret this and that like you're 90 years old and you're writing down all your regrets and except you're not 90 years old um create a personal manifesto like a set of guiding values stuff like that and then lastly and that's the most complicated or um or rather no it's not the most complicated uh, it's just the final step but it's also where you might want to start because this is the easiest uh, place to start where you implement stuff like feedback you get to on actual things you're already doing like feedback analysis like asking your boss for feedback um taking the feedback you get from work like a machine or something really seriously uh, writing down your most important tasks each day and night um doing an assessment with friends where they just honestly tell you man like you suck shit at tennis you should really stop playing tennis stuff like that um and so on 
So you can find those uh, at nicholaskirke.com slash self-awareness-activities um, if you want to look at those. But I think make that the starting point, right? So try to cultivate self-awareness because without self-awareness, no rising strong. So um, I think if you can take anything from this book, it's to start at the very top of this process and then give this a go. You can also try to implement the rising strong process, like do it once, then do some self-awareness activities, then do it again, and so on to see how your process gets better over time. Again, Brene Brown, check her out, Google her, watch her TED Talk, the one about vulnerability is really impressive. Hope you'll like it. I know I enjoyed, uh, and I know I've learned a lot from her, so I will hope you will too, and see you on the next summary.